Thank you for listening to Spanglish with Dale. Today you are listening to Richie right here and me, Emily, from the Lincoln Park campus. Today we have a very special guest, the first Latina student government president and newly inaugurated Giselle Cervantes. Hey, what's up? I would just like to say thank you to all our followers that have been listening to the podcast as we started and improved, hopefully. I know it's week nine, and we hope that all our listeners are doing well. First, a couple of announcements. The Lambdas are hosting karaoke night at the Latinx Culture Center tomorrow, May 29th, from 5.30 to 7.30. On Thursday, In the Thick will be recorded here at Quoto U Commons. In the Thick is a podcast hosted by Mariano Josa and Julio Ricardo Varela. Um, coming along will be actress Isabel Gomez and Edna Chavez. There will also be a picnic in the quad on Thursday and May 30th. And Mission and Ministry will be holding an end-of-the-year celebration on Wednesday, May 29th from 7 to 10 at Quarter U Commons. The past couple of weeks, we talked about health here at Dali. Emily presented on health disparities in the Latinx community and gave us tips on living a healthier lifestyle. Thank you, Richie. For new listeners, I would like to briefly explain what Latinx means. The term Latinx is the upgraded version of Latino when it is used to talk about the community as a whole. Using the word Latinx is more inclusive to non-binary folk and we use it to move away from the male-centric. Why do you think it's important to use the word Latinx instead of Latino when you refer to the community as a whole? I definitely think if we're moving towards being more inclusive in the Latinx community, being inclusive of people's genders and also not having male, the male gender be like the norm, um, just like Emily said, is really, really important. Yeah, so I think that it's the most um, accurate and most inclusive way to describe the community. Disparities are influenced by socio-demographic, behavioral, social, and societal factors. Um, I know language and cultural barriers do barriers do play a big role in why people don't understand, um, and that's strictly just due to the language. Like health professionals don't speak Spanish, or people who are coming in don't understand English, and like or don't fully understand all the vocabulary that's going on and being said amongst these relationships with uh, patients and health professionals. Latino populations are also more likely to lack health insurance, which could be from they don't make enough money to pay for it, that's not a concern, or they are immigrants and can't get government-funded health insurance. The Latino population is in disproportionate poverty, with 22% living below the poverty line, which is significant compared to other um, racial and ethnic groups. Differences in health in which are not only unnecessary, but avoidable, but in addition are considered unfair and unjust. These are things that can be avoidable. (laughs) Like equality is something that can be achieved. So due to these disparities, it also has a decreased quality of life, loss of economic opportunities due to decreasing health, and perceptions of injustice that are faced. have an increased risk for heart disease, which is the number one cause of death in America amongst everybody. Um, and Latinos do fall in that uh, category as well. But there is a risk for other chronic diseases. Going back to lacking health insurance, Latinos are actually three times more likely to not have any. So just in that number alone is like really significant because 
they're the Latinx populations are the most at risk when it comes to health benefits and help um, accessing health. So they do face many types of stress, which also causes them to have other health issues. So whether that be discrimination, as in like they just immigrated to the states, don't understand the culture yet, navigating the U.S. healthcare system, which I know a lot of like everyone really doesn't understand healthcare unless you're a part of it. Um, and then another stress is adjusting to the U.S. culture, which also plays a big impact on adjusting to U.S. healthcare system. Giselle, what do you think about mental health in the Latinx community? I think in the Latinx community, no one really talks about mental health, um, especially like Emily was saying in like her talk about health disparities in the Latinx community. I think because mental health is kind of seen in general in our society as like a almost like a commodity, like that's something you have to pay for, like out of pocket. A lot of times, like if you don't have insurance, like that's extremely expensive. And because of that, I think that the Latinx community has steered away from talking about that as openly as we do talk about like physical um, illnesses and that is really really dangerous but I definitely think that it's something that we should address as a problem and then move forward from it so being more open about talking about mental health with like our family members and stuff who may have grown up like not used to talking about mental health um, I guess starting those conversations now is really important. I think the Latinx community has a great work ethic but sometimes that puts us into early graves and you know there's that saying of I'll sleep when I die mm -hmm. and you know that's a bit of a joke you know a little bit of grain of salt but there's truth to it. Mm -hmm. I definitely want to work with DePaul's administration to make the first three counseling services free for everyone because we don't think that finances should be a barrier to mental health care because it's so incredibly important um, and I think everyone at some point in their life is going to need um, mental health care because it's just as important as physical care and we all go through periods of illness like physically I think we all go through things like mentally so I definitely think that it's especially important during this like transitionary like period in our lives you know for a lot of us it's like our first time being away from home or it's our first time being away from our families like consistently because we're working um so knowing that mental health care is really important and I definitely think that that's something that DePaul should offer to all students. So Giselle, uh, we did talk about healthy habits. So what does self-care look like for you as finals approach? Um, I think self-care for me looks like um, eating right. So like eating healthy and eating like at an appropriate time. Because um, I think in the past during finals week, I've like found myself like forgetting to eat because I'm so busy. I'll be in the middle of writing a paper. I don't feel like I have time to like stop and go get something to eat but making that a priority like stopping if I'm in an assignment okay like I need to make time to eat um that's what self-care kind of looks like for me yeah it's really important to take a little study break and eat something to get prepared for the next time you go back to work um but what is one healthy habit you would like to pick up in the future Ooh, um I definitely think meditation I've heard really awesome things about meditation and like practicing that consistently um because I think like 
during college, like life is pretty hectic, right? You're working, like you're going to class, you're doing homework. And if you're not taking time for yourself to like really debrief and like just breathe um, and center yourself, I think that it can be easy to like get overwhelmed. So someone in one of my classes actually was talking about how like meditation is really important to him um, and like taught us some like techniques on meditating. So that's definitely something I want to like pick up and focus on. Yeah, I know DePaul at the Ray, they offer the midweek meditation on Wednesdays um, and it's free. So that's always a great resource to have, especially like yoga. Those like DePaul offers free classes at the Ray. So I think these are definitely steps to take to get that meditation in. Cool. my favorite part of the show, Chismeando. Yes, there's so many things to talk about. But hey, Richie, did you hear about the $20 Harriet Tubman's? Or could could be pushed back to 2026 instead of 2020? Yeah, um, for like a little bit of clarification, uh, it was approved for Harriet Tubman for her portrait to be displayed on the $20 bill during the Obama administration. What do you guys think about this? Um, why why we why you think it's being pushed back? Ooh, I think that's tricky. Um, because that's something that would be talked about in middle school, like as an idea that like was kind of thrown out there. I can't help but like just you know, it's Harriet Tubman, like it's a really iconic figure like in our history and we're not placing enough of a focus on like historians other than the founding fathers, um, in my opinion. Um, so I think it's kinda frustrating that they're pushing it back to twenty twenty six. Yeah, I agree, because on our bills, all we have are men, so it's kind of like, well, why aren't there any women out there? Mm -hmm. And really just showing it in your face with the $20 bill, which a lot of people use. Mm -hmm. So having a woman there is just like really empowering for other young girls and other women. So I'm also kind of curious as to why, like why wait and not do it now? Yeah, plus, um, you know, Andrew Jackson, it's come out, he's not the greatest president we've had, um, Trail of <laughs> Tears. You know, there's more than that, but you know, we have someone that's really great versus someone that's kind of awful. <laughs> and why haven't we done this before? So moving on, we're gonna talk a little bit about the Drake curse. Um, Emily? <laughs> yeah, so I love Drake, but um, every time my teams are in the playoffs, I never want to see him wearing any of that sports paraphernalia because <laughs> I would not like to see them at home rather than playing. So Giselle, um, you know about Vineyard Vines. Um, what do you think about them moving their line to be accessible at Target? I think that's kind of wild because like when I think of Vineyard Vines, like I think of really expensive like shirts or clothing. It's not something that like, you know, I would necessarily like go like to the Vineyard Vines store and like pick up a bunch of stuff. So I, 
think that it's interesting that they're being accessible now at Target because I'm always at Target. Um, and like, I know like Richie mentioned, like buying like fancy shirts at the same place where you're buying like your yogurt and like your groceries and stuff. Um, that's just a little, a little odd, you know? Um, yeah, if you're a Vineyard Vines fan, I guess it's kind of cool that you now can use your red card and get a discount at Target if you'd like, but um, that's pretty interesting to me. I just think it's a little, little out of nowhere. Yeah, it's out of nowhere to me to see, like, you know, where you get your groceries and now all of a sudden you can get, like, a dress. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's not like back in Mexico, you know, you go to a mercado and then the next <laughs> store was, like, the seamstress. Yeah. But, like, now I see, like, at one, like, air-conditioned Target is, like, <laughs> totally different. So, uh, I know this is near and dear to your heart, Sims 4. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Sims 4 is a video game where you uh, get to simulate the lives of uh, like fake robot people. I, I, I think I've heard something like that. Um, With the green diamonds. Did, yeah. <laughs> so why is Sims 4 relevant this week? Um, so they just recently made Sims 4 free um, for PC users and I'm heartbroken because, okay, so Sims 4, when it came out, I was like, I'm not spending any more money on another Sims game. Like I already had Sims 3, like I can't do it. Um, but a couple months ago, um, I think over winter break, I was bored, and so I like really wanted to play Sims 4, and so I bought it, and it was 20 bucks, whatever, um, and now it's free, so I'm really, I'm really stressed, because if I had waited a couple more months, like, you know, I could have had another 20 bucks, <laughs> so it's kind of wild, um, especially because this is a really, like, they advertise as, like, being, like, the most, like, innovative Sims game, like, the most customizable Sims game, and so I think that it's kind of... It's exciting for like people who want to play it, but now me, I'm like, oh, I could have had it for free. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely ask for a refund or something. <laughs> like, I played it, but I don't want it anymore. Can I get it for free? Like, it's so funny. Yeah, just this week, um, Lori Lightfoot was inaugurated at, as mayor. Uh, Giselle, I know you were at the inaugural event. Um, what was that like? Yeah, I got to see her inaugural address, and there were some things that, like, she talked about. So she talked about education um, and how she wanted um, education to be more accessible for everyone. So she was talking about how, like, where you live should not determine um, how good of an education you're getting. And I thought that that was a really great point. So that was really interesting. And it was also cool to see that she mentioned it's the first time ever that all three citywide offices, so city clerk, um, city treasurer, and the mayor, the mayor's office are all held by women of color. So that was really cool. Cool. And just so that um, our followers here at Dale and, you know, people who listen to us on SoundCloud, uh, we want to know a little bit more about our newest uh, president. Um, this is really exciting for us because it's our first Latino president. We haven't had this before. Um, so we kind of want to get to know you. Uh, can you tell us about yourself? Yeah, so I'm a sophomore. I'm an international studies major. I'm pretty involved on campus. So I've been in SGA since I was a freshman. I like joined right away as the center for the uh, for first year students. Um, and this year I was EVP of diversity and equity. Um, so it's been really fun and it's been really nice to like grow with the organization. But other things about me, um, yeah, I, I'm trying to think of other things I do. I am a part of the Community Service Association on campus. I'm also, I was also on the Student Activity Fee Board this past year, so that was really exciting. And in my free time, I play four instruments, so. Oh, sad. Tell us your instruments, then. <laughs> I play the guitar, um, the bass clarinet, the tenor sax, and I play the piano. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, where did you grow up, Giza? 
I grew up in suburbs outside of Chicago, um, so Downers Grove, Darien area, if anyone knows where that is. No. <laughs> yeah, that's where I grew up, um, so the suburbs right outside Chicago. Cool, and why did you decide to go to DePaul? DePaul is a really wonderful international studies program. Our master's program, I think this past year was actually ranked uh, best in the state, our international studies master's. Um, so that's kind of what drew me here, as well as um, I really like like the urban environment, of course. I love the city because I feel like there are so many more opportunities to like do stuff, get internships, and just fun stuff to do on like Friday and Saturday nights. Like there's shows to see. Um, but yeah, so that's what kind of like drew me to DePaul. Cool. And why do you start, uh, I mean, why are you involved in student government? I'm involved in student government because I think, like I said previously, like college is like a really transitionary time like in people's lives. And I think students' voices matter because, you know, we're paying tuition at the university and everything. And so I think that um, we should be paying attention um, to what the university is doing and student voices do matter. Like students should have input as to like what DePaul is doing with our resources. Like for example, like recently, like with the Jason Hill um, situation on campus, like students really came out and like showed that they care about what's happening at DePaul. And so I think student government is a great outlet to making students' voices heard. So Giselle, do you plan on running for public office in the future? That's a great question. I came into DePaul like really not thinking like I could ever be involved in politics because politics are really contentious. Um, I admire politicians and who really put themselves on the spot. Um, but more recently, I guess I've been kind of thinking about it. I actually have an internship with the National Democratic Training Committee over the summer. Um, so I'm going to be part of an organization that tries to get more working and middle class people to run for office because it should be those working and middle class people who are representing people because, you know, that's the biggest population. Um, so because of that and like because of my interest in politics now, I think I would consider it. That would be really cool. Wow, that's awesome. Well, I can't wait to vote for you in the future. <laughs> so Giselle, can you please tell us more about your future plans and ideas that you have for the upcoming school year? Yeah, definitely. Um, so this year I am definitely trying to focus on accessibility of different resources for students at DePaul because, you know, something that I think we talked about earlier is uh, there are a lot of really cool resources at DePaul, but not everyone knows about them because they're like, you know, um, they're not super accessible, um, like you don't see them everywhere. Like for example, like the STI testing and everything, It unless you really follow SGA social media and stuff like that, that's not something you're going to see. So really making that more known, the resources that DePaul offers, as well as expanding on those. Um, so something that we ran on is actually uh, making menstrual products free on campus. Um, and that's something I really want to get done because I don't think that not having like the finances to get menstrual products it should be a barrier to like you coming to class, right? Like you should feel healthy and like ready and prepared to come to class. And I think that that's something that DePaul can help provide for students. Another thing I wanted to do was increase funding for the Monarch Butterfly Scholarship. So that's a scholarship specifically for undocumented students. And right now, um, I believe there are like 15 students involved in the program and they do they give like a financial scholarship, but they also do programming and mentorship uh, for students who are undocumented. And I think that that's really cool and extremely helpful because students who are undocumented might face like a unique set of challenges like transitioning into college. Um, so I really want to see like the university like put more of their money towards the scholarship so that way they can do more programming um, and they can also give more uh, scholarships out to more people on campus. Yeah, those are definitely really great ideas and I hopefully they do get 
brought on to the next year, especially with DePaul's. The strategic plan. I think there are um, achievable stuff, and we're trying to do a lot of long-term projects, right? Like, I think that this is something that, um, once we start these conversations with people at DePaul, um, it's something that they'll see, okay, the students really care about the undocumented student scholarship, so in the future when the opportunity presents itself to like invest more money in those programs. And um, we're really starting like long-term conversations that um, I'm hoping will continue to grow. Yeah, most definitely. Thank you for listening to this episode of Spanglish. Follow us on Instagram at DalaDePaul. Like, share, and subscribe to our podcast. You have been listening to Richie in the Cut, That's a Scary Sight, Emily, and Giselle.